CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. And we are back. We're back after a long uh, hiatus? Uh, uh, unintentional hiatus? Yeah, well, I bet you guys missed us very much. Yeah. And that's what brought us back. Cried yourselves to sleep every night mm-hmm. without CPR. Yep, so you were really disappointed without being able to listen to us. We know. So that's why we are back. Our soothing voices are here to comfort you as you fall into the depths of sleep. Oh, that's not terrifying. (laughs) Anyway, Rex, what happened in your three plus or two plus weeks that we've been gone? All right. So really not much eventful. Um, That is a complete lie. I mean, okay, not much eventful except for the thing that happened. Um, I haven't really been getting a lot of hours at work, so I haven't been doing a whole lot in that regard. But my family just moved houses to a new house. For like you... the first time in how long? Uh, seven years. Yep, yep. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, we we used to move all the time. We made like a, a habit of it. We moved like eight times, not eight times, but like every six second, or seven. Every second Tuesday? Not quite that often, but like six or seven times within a few years. Oh my. Um, and then we just stopped for whatever reason. I guess we got bored of moving. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. I just remembered why this past week, because it's awful. I hate moving so much. Oh, um, really? It's nice to be in a new place for sure, but it is not a pleasant experience at all. Well, Josh, what happened in your week? Weeks. Plural. Weeks. Well, actually, Weeks, sorry. Um, a while ago. So I've been checking out some various colleges. Have you now? Um, because... I'm going to try to be a college person. Uh, wow, that's an excellent aspiration. <laughs> yes, that's going to be my essay, why I want to be a college person. All right, um, so we've gone to several places. Like, I went to Anderson University down in South Carolina, Ooh. close to Georgia. And we've looked at a couple other places, but I went to Liberty University, which is huge. It is. In um, Virginia, Lynchburg, mm-hmm. um, which, like... What type of place has a ski mountain? Like, nobody has a ski mountain. Liberty has a ski mountain. I this have is, ski mountain. This is... No, you don't have New a house, ski mountain. New house, Josh. You haven't been there yet. <laughs> yes, you have. Lies on both fronts. Oh, um, yeah. Move on. Uh, <laughs> who has a ski mountain? But they have a ski mountain. They have everything there. That's pretty cool. But um, there is one thing that they maybe don't have. So we are on the tour. Uh, the, there are a couple college kids uh, mm-hmm. giving us a tour of the campus. And my dad, who was with me, um, my mom was there too, but she didn't ask the question. My dad got in his mind that he needed to ask a super important question. Now, yes, because now this question wasn't about academics or student life or anything that, you know, actually like really mattered. Of, Of course. But he's like, hey, do you guys have cable? Now, but keep this in mind. I don't even watch TV, so it doesn't even matter if they have cable. Well, but... if he's going to come visit you, he's going to want cable. Come on, Josh. <laughs> All right. But he asked, hey, do you guys have cable? The the um, the tour guides were stunned. They, were, they did not know how to respond. Apparently, uh, from this caveman who apparently was 10,000 years old because they had never <laughs> seen heard of cable before. Really? Like, oh, everybody's dreams nowadays they look they looked at my dad like he had just asked where the nearest telegraph office was or something <laughs> like that is it, it was just but he's like so you don't have cable they were like uh 
everybody just streams nowadays. Oh my anyway, goodness. I thought that was just kind of funny. Ridiculous. All right. What to look forward to? We have another rip roaring podcast. Rip roaring. Yeah, my oh, new boy. favorite word. Uh, lined up for you guys. Uh, but it is not going to be necessarily just the three main topics that we normally do. So I'll leave you on the edge of your seat in anticipation. And before you acid wash your phone or throw it against the wall, <laughs> um, just look forward to our peer questions that we'll have coming up as well. If you're expecting organization, you can leave now. <laughs> All right, Josh, what do we got first? All right, so we ha um, recently there have been lots of activists who have been uh, tearing down statues uh, um, of founding fathers, mm -hmm. uh, various statues like that um, in, they say, protest. Um, Which I'm, statues have been torn down? Do you know? Uh, so there have been statues of Columbus torn down. There okay. have been statues of Thomas Jefferson torn down. There have been statues of Andrew Jackson torn down. And most recently, uh, there's a famous, let me find it. There's a famous uh, statue of Abraham Lincoln in Boston. And a unanimous vote voted to take it down because apparently Abraham Lincoln is a sign of racism. Interesting. Um. So this statue, um, I have maybe you can post a picture of it later yeah. in the show notes. It's a picture of Abraham Lincoln extending his hand and raising up uh, an ex-slave, and okay. this man was looking up and cut towards freedom. Okay. It's basically supposed to be what you're left with, and you're supposed to leave with this warm feeling of Abraham Lincoln um, lifted up them to uh, freedom. And that's what our culture has accepted for, uh, for basically since then. Right, Rex? Wouldn't mm -hmm. you say? And yeah. just recently, even Abraham Lincoln, who Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves, et cetera, et cetera. Even Abraham Lincoln is considered racist now. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting. Um, and I don't know that I can see where that is being drawn from necessarily but i will say that i like the way that that statue was removed as opposed to the others because whether i agree with the reason it was being taken down or not i think that a unanimous vote is a much better way for people to decide what they want to happen rather than just destroying property so okay, i think that's a course. much better option in the future, I, I would like to see more of that, more of people getting involved and saying, hey, let's decide this is what we want, rather than just going in and smashing things or tearing them down. Is that necessarily what everybody wants, or is it just the loudest voices? Because in my experience, Abraham Lincoln is like a really popular president, and um, I mean, he did a lot. There's this quote on Twitter that they have here about the statue says that man is not kneeling on two knees with his head bowed it is he is in the act of getting up his head is up not not bowed because he is looking forward to a future of freedom and i believe that's a really good way to put it and it's not about the statue in particular i think one of the claims was because 
Lincoln um, being a white man was towering above the black man who was on his knees. Got but, it. And so that was apparently they claimed the racist part about it, but it was not that he was shoving this man down, but he was raising him up to be an equal. And okay. which, given that understanding of the statue, I it's a great statue in my opinion. And like all these other statues of great men like George Washington, and even recently Theodore Roosevelt, uh, they're taking down, they're just, it's not even about racism anymore. It's not mm -hmm. about Democrat versus Republican. It's a move to cancel our history. What do you think about that, Rex? Well, I think it's a very important thing, um, especially in the discussion of race tension and things like that, to not make it an issue of Democrat versus Republican, because it's not about in some cases, I think some people are trying to make it about politics, and I think that is absolutely wrong. It should not be about politics at all. It should be about caring for people because we're all people, and then we can leave the discussion of left versus right to another day. But um, I, I don't know that I'm knowledgeable enough on the history to really make a fair argument one way or the other, but I don't necessarily understand why they have to be removed um i agree that if they stand for something that we don't want to support in our country that they should be taken down but they should not be smashed to the ground they should be voted away um and i am all for getting rid of things that are symbols of evil but i think that it should be left up to the people to decide whether statues should be torn down or not. If a statue served some purpose to a dead guy that he was, I'm mean, like, there's a, if there's a statue of like Hitler or something like that, and it served him personally some uh, like honor or something like that, like he's gratified by the fact that there's a statue about him. He can't be because he's dead these guys are dead it doesn't serve them personally any gratification to have a statue because they don't know they're dead mm -hmm. so that part about maybe like hurting them individually that has nothing to do with it oh yeah i don't think it hurts and, the people but would you want a statue of hitler up in your town i believe there is absolutely no comparison between hitler and george washington absolutely not there are people that are up offended by these whether we agree with that or not, they should have a voice to say whether or not they want that statue in their hometown. I believe that there's a point of having a voice, but also we've come to this point where if you don't like something, then you personally have to see it go. You can't just ignore it type of thing. Like a statue of a guy, basically. That it drives you to such madness or to such hatred that statue does that you have to see it gone instead of saying oh that's a statue of a guy i didn't like good thing that that doesn't happen anymore type of thing it's evolved into this absolute hatred of i have to see everything that i don't like gone and that in my opinion is part of the left's ploy because that's exactly what's happened in socialist takeovers like Venezuela. We are unfortunately 
in the first steps, I would say, and a lot of people are saying, of trying to have America become a socialist nation. In Venezuela, they started changing street names. They tore down the statues of great leaders. They, um, here, let me see, I have, uh, they, uh, they changed the school curriculums. They, uh, the, some of the movies couldn't be shown. They got blacklisted. Okay. Um, this, the freedom and respect leaves. And that's the problem that I see. Okay. It's an issue of respect of, oh, I don't like this guy, but I'm going to respect this property right here. Okay. Well, I, I think... It's really difficult because there there's a line that gets blurred. George Washington, he owned slaves. Um, and I don't think that was acceptable in any way, shape, or form. Um, but he did, and people are hurt by that. And say, like, Andrew Jackson, like you mentioned. Andrew Jackson did horrible, horrible things that I think are disgusting. Andrew and Jackson, people... by the way, is my least favorite president. Yeah. He's definitely one of mine. Um, but... The, the thing is, people see these statues as a celebration of those people. George Washington did a whole lot of good as well. And so I think there are things that should be celebrated about George Washington, absolutely. And I don't know enough about Andrew Jackson to know whether uh, he, what accomplishments he made, really. But I do know about the Trail of Tears, and I don't think that is something that should be celebrated. So I think people are seeing these and seeing these horrible these these people that did some horrible things and seeing them celebrated uh, and they're they're having trouble reconciling that. So I absolutely see your point. I don't want to obstruct history because I think obstructing history and ignoring the past is a really easy way to. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the the show the uh, appearance of Siri there, um, but I think ignoring history is a really easy way to have worse things happen than happened in the past. But I also think that, like I said, I I think if people see fit to fairly vote away these statues that's absolutely their right i just don't want to see the destruction of history i want to see and I, I don't want to see history ignored as long as people have a way to remember these important events important not because they were necessarily right or necessarily wrong but because they're important and focus on those events if people still have a way to do that then i'm absolutely fine with lo losing these statues in a civil way all right um maybe we can leave that topic there by the way neither rex nor i are racist just throwing that out there absolutely all right um i wanted to address okay so what do you think when you hear this statement? The founders of America, obviously, meant to keep the government out of the church, not the church out of the government. Ooh. That, that's an interesting statement. Um, yeah. I, I would like you to expand on that a little bit for me, Josh. So um, recently we've... So uh, there's always been this policy of the separation of church and state and people are like oh mm -hmm. it's in the constitution first of all not in the constitution nope. not in the declaration it was just in some like random letter that 
I think Thomas Jefferson wrote, mm-hmm. right? Um, so not even law, but it's just been policy. And I believe that the purpose of uh, this, um, the quote, separation of church and state was to keep um, uh, America from an established religion, like mm-hmm. the tyranny that they had seen in England coming over, because they saw what an established church would do. It was not to keep the church from having anything to do with government necessarily, individual churches, religious bodies in general, mm-hmm. religious people in general. It was absolutely not like a lot of the founders were religious in nature. I know mm-hmm. some of them were deist and mm-hmm. what have you, but a lot of them were religious in nature. What do you yeah. think about that, Rex? I, I definitely agree. I will say where it gets dangerous is in cases like the um, like the Catholic Church, especially in um, in the 14 and 1500s um, during in the Reformation era, where the Catholic Church was se- selling indulgences because of all of the power that had been given to the church. I think that's a really dangerous place to be in because people were, were bribed essentially and not given. They, they were under the church's control, not because uh, the church was being fair, but because they were using terror to scare these people into paying them, which in turn got the the clergy rich and the government rich as well, because the church was able to um, control in a lot of ways the government. And I think that's also a dangerous place to be in, because it's not serving God through the government. It's just using the government to abuse power. So we don't want to be in that place, but I don't think it means that people, uh, especially Christians or any anyone with a religious conviction should necessarily stay out of government. Yeah. Um, and talking about the founding fathers, I found these quotes. This is from Benjamin Franklin. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. And here's from John Adams. Our our, Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. What do you think about those? I I definitely agree because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of issues if you aren't, I I think with any form of politics or not, uh, even things that aren't necessarily political, just living life in the world that we live in, if you aren't able to do it morally, it creates a lot of issues no matter what you look at. So I definitely think it's important to keep that, that mindset. And as Christians, we want to be holy and set apart. So not letting our politics take us over, but as we've mentioned many times before, letting our our faith inform our politics is definitely the key here. And I have a lot of friends. So like, I like, I love politics. Like it's super interesting to me. (laughs) I like debating. I like not necessarily like hard arguments, like people getting like super mad at each other, but I I do kind of like debating and stuff like Mm -hmm. that definitely but i have a lot of friends who don't um (laughs) and when i ask them their reasons for this because i am inquisitive by nature sometimes indeed um they say that oh paul i i don't care about politics or it's uh too like toxic for me it's just not for me or i don't care 
things like that, which I believe is a dangerous place to be, not just mm-hmm. with politics. It's just like with worldviews in general, like with what we're seeing in public schools, with the curriculums, uh, things like that. Um, what do you think about that? I, I think it's um, there. there is a lot of toxicity, not just in politics, though, is the, the thing to think about, because I see so much more, uh, and there's definitely a lot of politics involved in this, but I see just so much toxicity all over social media and the internet. And I don't think it's necessarily politics that are causing all of it. But if you don't want your politics to be toxic, I think the best way to change that is to become involved and to put your voice out there. I'm not saying blast people on social media or necessarily go out there and just spread spread it all over and advertise and pay millions of dollars to support your favorite candidate and put banners up. But what I am saying is if you want to make a change, inform yourself about the politics, at least, even if you don't necessarily like having political discussions all the time, at least have an understanding so that when you do need to have a political discussion, you don't hurt your understanding of the people you're talking to because if you don't know what they're if you don't know what people are talking about you might have a a wrong interpretation of what they're trying to say yeah and i think that it also comes down to love influences when we share the love of god through our worldview through our through politics Mm mm-hmm it changes people it can influence them in great ways when we go out there and start shouting back at um the other side or something like that then that that's not the way to go but when we show god's love say this is how god or not claiming god for our politics but um this is what the bible says yeah this is how it lines up with what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and just have that love influence every single um place in our worldview because if, if our politics aren't informed by the Bible, then all they need to do is tell us what's wrong with us and our opinion. But if our if our politics lines up with what the Bible says, then in trying to change us, they need to tell us either what's wrong with the Bible or what we're misinterpreting about the Bible. And in that case, they're either going to be wrong about what the Bible says or they're going to show us something that we're not understanding in scripture and therefore will be informed in our theology and able to make better choices that way. So, All right. Um, now here's the moment you've been waiting for. The moment you've been waiting the for. The end. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have some peer questions. Peer questions. Uh, we have a question that we unfortunately weren't able to get to it was actually um, about a month ago, um, oh my but from sorry, uh, Jeannie in Oklahoma. It's rather a long question, but I'll and try we'll do to do our best to answer re- it quickly. Read it um, a little fast. So I listened to um, episodes as always. Liked it very much. I would like to ask Rex this question: If taxes are taking fr- taken from funding local police so police are removed from communities and if people of the community retain the tax money to hire personal protection or conduct their own protection how would you 
Rex personally handle a situation when a group of rioters, looters, slash ill-intended protesters felt like they had the right to choose your neighborhood one night and come down your street into your yard um, to the doors and windows of your house throwing objects to break in. Would you have your single security guard handle the situation? Would you or your family handle the situation? Or would you let them come in and take everything in the house? When you let a situation come right down to the very personal activity and involvement of it may take different thinking, sort of walking in the shoes of one another. How do you respond to that, Rex? I think that is an excellent question. Um, and thank you for asking it. Absolutely. So the the thing that I like to do when I get questions like these is, first of all, all of the the rather controversial statements that or most of the rather controversial statements that I make on this podcast <laughs> come from the uh, of which there are many. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, there are. Um, they, they come from this initial assumption of the free market controlled society with I, I I'm coming I am answering these from a sort of anarcho-capitalist concept um, so there's a lot of assumptions that need to be made to make it to this point and I'm not saying that this is going to happen exactly the way I describe it um, it's just more of a thought experiment at this point that I like to have but let's think about why you live where you do it at least I know when my parent, like when my parents were looking for a new house, they like to look in areas that have lower crime rates because if your area has a higher crime rate, you have much more of a risk of something like this situation happening. So taking into account where you live and things like that is a another important thing. So there uh, recently, I believe this week in Missouri, maybe around St. Louis, I'm not sure. So there was a gated community. So obviously, probably upper class. It was a rich lawyer. And he had a house, obviously, in this gated community. 300 plus protesters broke down the gate, stormed into the community, and... The only way they were able to keep him out of the house was the own, the lawyer and his wife stood on the front porch with a shotgun. Nobody was hurt, mm -hmm. and actually now this lawyer is being prosecuted for defending his own his own property, which I believe okay. is not. But that's a different subject. Anyway. Got it. Um, but to your argument of this was a gated community, how um, and if there were no police in a gated community and still they got in there, how would you respond to that? He had a gun, which is another important factor of self-defense is having a way to defend yourself. How is he supposed to shoot like 300 plus people with a shotgun though, Rex? I, I, I'm not saying that it's a perfect solution, but again, this is a thought experiment. So um, I, I don't know that there is a solution for 300 plus people. I, I'm just going to be real. I can't think of a solution for that. What I will say is it's important to take a look and i don't necessarily know the full details but why do things like protests and riots happen and would that really be a risk for you specifically um and take that into account now i'm not saying yes or no either way it would or would not be a risk but that's another thing to look at is why these things happen and is it likely that it will happen to you or not so there's a, a lot of factors to take into account there. All right. 
Uh, so we had a question from Crystal in South Carolina. Crystal. says, why do we cry? And I was kind of sad because I did not know the answer to this. Like, Did you cry? I probably did cry. <laughs> um, so I looked it up on the ever-reliable internet uh, website known as Wikipedia. Ooh, I love Wikipedia. Um, so apparently the... I'm going to butcher this word because I'm homeschooled. Neuronal, I believe. C- connection between <laughs> the uh, tear duct and the areas of the human brain. We have um, electric pulses, send signals when we feel sad or actually any extreme emotion. Like even if you're like really happy and you start crying. Okay. So any extreme emotion such as Got fear it. Uh, sends um, the signals to your tear ducts and then... Boom, you start crying. Just, Interesting. So Rex is starting to cry at my detailed explanation I'm so of that. Shocked! It's just bringing me to tears. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, so we have another question. All right, good to go. All right, so we have a question from Raone. Raone in South Again? Carolina. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best and worst advice you've? ever gotten Ooh, i have a good answer to this i don't know that i have a good answer to this all right so well at least i have um best advice no jesus boom okay that was easy um oh not like no but k no 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 rex um i was confused for a second so this has a small story i'll try to go fast though how are we doing on time we're doing pretty good okay so i'm at walmart i like legos so you have to know that about me i'm in the lego aisle at walmart not necessarily buying anything i don't think i probably had any birthday money at that point (laughs) so i was just looking for looking sick so this walmart employee is an older gentleman maybe in his 80s or so like that Mm -hmm. and he comes up to me and he asked me he has the walmart suit on you know so he he, i don't feel like super creeped out at this point uh, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, do you want to know how to uh, have a wonderfully rich life? And I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> My first mistake was agreeing to that. Yes. Um, so he proceeds to explain to me how I need to drop out of high school um, and just start working at Walmart live in my parents' basement until I'm 30, marry a super rich girl. I don't even have to love her. <laughs> um, and then just divorce her later just for her money. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, oh, work <laughs> at Walmart until I'm 70 or 80 like he is and then retire. And then I can go on three-plus cruises a year like he's doing, apparently. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like slowly backing up at oh this my point goodness. and he like he's you know like there are those pieces that like, are people that stand like really close to your yeah, face yeah, it's yeah. just kind of awkward <laughs> and so he's like one of these guys so he like keeps inching forward I'm just like inching back oh my goodness and he like starts using some bad words and stuff I'm like what is this guy <laughs> and he's like he uh, as and like you couldn't get a word in edgewise even if you tried so as soon as there was a break I was like thank you Bye. <laughs> and uh, then uh, it's funny because I came back like two weeks later. I always check for him now Yeah. when I'm over there because he works in the toys. And then I saw him like giving the same spiel to another really? girl. <laughs> and then she's like backing up too. Oh my it gosh. Was, it, was, it was kind of funny. That um, is funny. 
What's your answer to that question? Best and worst advice. I don't know that I have my uh, worst, the worst advice off the top of my head. So I'll, I'll answer that next week. But um, my, the best advice I ever received was um, not necessarily advice. It was more of a, a one-liner. It was humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less and focusing on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that's a really important thing to live by. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't catch it, my story about the guy from Walmart, that was the worst advice, not the best advice, Yes. in case you were confused. So we have a question from Joanna. What is your favorite book series? Ooh, Rex, you want to answer this first? I will gladly answer this. My favorite book series is called The Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. It is excellent. The prequel book, The Extraordinary Education of Nicholas Benedict, is actually my favorite book of all time. It is so beautifully written, and for a kid's book, I think it has more meaning packed into it than most books written for adults. So it's really great. So I always liked the Narnia series. Oh, yeah. It's a classic, in my opinion. A lot of people don't like C.S. Lewis. I love Narnia. C.S. Lewis is an amazing author, if you ask me. Also like the Hardy Boys series, the oh, yeah? mystery. Those were like I sit down, read them like a whole book in two hours because oh it goodness. was pretty simple. But it was a great story, like forty yeah. plus or so, I think, in the series. Wow! And so, um, yeah, I I like that series a lot. I tried picking up the Hardy Boys, but I think I was too young, so I just got really bored. But oh. well, I'm glad you, you have like to it. have an appreciation for the juvenile. <laughs> juvenileness that's not a word but it is now we'll go with it yeah (laughs) cheesiness and 16 year old boys beating up big old tough guys and that's that's my one of my favorite part that they can like fly helicopters do uh, run boats and stuff they're like experts in everything do you wish you were like age 16 the hardy boys i am the hardy boys you are wow that's amazing josh so proud of you all right (laughs) all right well that has been episode seven Thank you guys for uh, listening, and also thank you for not throwing your phone against the wall every Absolutely. time I open my mouth. That That's a, a great plan, although I did most of the mouth opening this time, so hopefully you didn't do it when I did either, because oh. your phone would be very damaged by then. <laughs> but thank you guys for coming back after our unintentional hiatus. We are excited to keep cranking out episodes. All right. Thank you, guys. Come back. Oh, as always, submit questions. Uh, you can submit them to Rex and Josh CPR at gmail.com. And at Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram and Twitter. Now it's your favorite part. The Woo! end. Woo! See, See you guys, guys next time. Bye.